You know, we're going to talk this morning about something that's really, really significant in relationships. But you, you think about mothers. Mothers, one way or the other, a mother is a huge influence on, on their family. I mean, it can be great, it can be tremendous, it can be terrible, but one way or the other, uh, even a mother who's uh, kind of apathetic or non-involved is still making a tremendous impact uh, on, on their family. You know, I went last week to Super One, and where all the Bluebell was, it was empty, friend. It was empty. I don't know about you, but until Bluebell Blue comes back, that's a huge problem for me personally. So we understand, you know, big and important things. But this morning, we're going to talk about communication and relationships. We have one more series uh, in our relationship uh, sermon series. And then the end of May, we're going to start a, a sermon series called Long Hair and Wild Women. Doesn't that sound interesting? About the life of Samson. And that, that's his story, wasn't it? Long hair he had, and he had some crazy women in his life that ended up costing him his hair. You notice today we have the chairs back to back. is kind of a, a symbolic way of saying this is how some of you are trying to communicate with the people uh, in your life. One's facing one way and one's facing the other, and you wonder why you're having so many problems. I told you guys as I began this sermon series, I asked my ministers, I said, I asked them, what do you think is the biggest problem in relationships and what do you think is the biggest key? And Brandon, who is our, Brandon, raise your hand, our staff counselor, I said, Brandon, what is the, what is the biggest key to healing or to good relationships? And Brandon said, without, I mean, he didn't even stutter, he said communication, communication. We're going to look at a lot of different scriptures this morning. Uh, so, I always want to encourage you to have a pen and paper in hand. You can write these scriptures down. Some of them will be in Proverbs. If you, if you have a Bible, want to find the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1. Uh, but again, we're going to use a lot of different scriptures. And I want to begin with this. As we talk about communication, number one, talk to each other. Boy, doesn't that sound so simplistic? And, and let me remind you, after God, the most important thing in the world is your human relationships. And if you're failing with people, it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are, how, if you've got the Bible memorized in Pig Latin and Greek and in Hebrew, if you don't do it right with other people, you are failing in Christianity. Communication is a huge thing. And as simple as this may sound, you just need to talk to each other. Husbands and wives, how much would be solved if you just took time to talk to each other? Parents, what, what if you talked to your kids instead of talked at your kids? And, and young people, what if you talked to your parents? I, I know sometimes that's not easy because they don't listen, but I'm, I'm going to hit them hard this morning for you guys. You know, in sports teams, one of the most important things that can happen is communication between players and coaches and coaches and coaches. And at workplaces, how many people are miserable at work because they don't communicate the employees with each other and with the boss and your friendship? Some of you are mad at family members, and you've been mad at family members for years, and you just hadn't bothered to talk to them about it ever. Now, I know some of you here, and I'm not being facetious, are really smart people, but you are not a mind reader. You agree with me? 
And, and that other person in your life that you are mad at because they don't get you and they don't understand you and they're not doing things to help you, they can't read your big mind or little mind either. Husbands and wives, statistics a few years old, but listen to this. The average American husband and wife talk seriously good communication Four minutes a day. You can hardly say, pass the bacon and the salt in four minutes. That's terrible. One of the big problems is we don't talk to each other. So let's begin with that. We need to talk to people. Again, if this isn't important to you, God's not important to you. And if this isn't important to you, you are going to fail in your relationships. So number one, talk to people. Now I want to give you, I want to give you several principles from the scriptures on, on how do you communicate effectively with other people. How, how do we talk to people effectively? And these things are really important and, and they're, re, they're really paramount to good communication, whether it's, it's just having a, a good conversation with somebody or if you're having a serious discussion about like trying to adjust their life attitude kind of conversations. So let's begin with this. Number one, you have to truly value the other person. I want to tell you, this is gigantic. How many of you have ever had a conversation with somebody and you knew the way they looked at you and they talked down at you and they blew you off that they did not value or care about you? How many of you have had that conversation? Every one of you in here has had that conversation. Maybe you're not smart enough to pick up on it, but you've had that conversation. <laughs> Somebody has devalued you. 1 Peter 4.8 is such a tremendous verse. Above all, this is after our relationship with God. He says, after your, after your relationship with God, the, the next thing is people. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Remember, the New Testament is written in Greek. And there's four words for our English word love. The word used here is the Greek word agape. And it means that we choose to love someone. It means that I choose to act loving to you. That means I choose to be kind and nice to you. In other words, I'm going to make a choice to value you as a person. Communication it's going to rise or fall right here because when you go to people, some of you men, you do not value your wife. And some of you don't value your children. And, and by that, I mean you don't respect them. You don't really love them. Women, you may not value your husband. And you talk to people in a way that lets them know that you don't think that they're that important. And communication, poof, right off the bat goes down the drain. I love what Dale Carnegie said. Dale Carnegie said, you'll win more friends in two months by showing a sincere interest in other people than you'll win in two years by trying to get them interested in you. People are interested in those who are interested in them. People value people who value them. How will your conversations be different when you look in the eye of that person? You look at them, and you say, you know what, that's somebody that Jesus Christ made. That's someone that Jesus Christ died on the cross for. That's someone that God loves every bit as much as he loves me, and God loves me a whole, whole bunch. 
I want to tell you, your ability to communicate with people, whether it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife, parent, child, friends, whatever it is, is going to go up gigantically when you start out with this. One, I'm going to talk to people. Number two, I'm going to go into every conversation and relationship that I truly value that person sitting across the table from me. Here's the second thing. Go into the communication teachable and open. It's like coming to a sermon or going to a, a, a lecture or, or like a player going to a classroom, uh, just, you know, being taught about what, what, they're gonna, what you're going to do on the field or in practice. If you're not teachable or open, communication, it's gone. I mean, it's nothing. You can't communicate with a brick wall. You can talk to it, but you can't communicate with it. How teachable and open are you? Good question to always start with is how does I want people to be towards me? Do I want people to be open to me to hear what I have to say? I want you to see a video, and then after this is over, we'll discuss it a little bit. And tell me if this reminds you of anybody in your life. It's just... There's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it. Like, literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most, is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head... It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail out. See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just don't... Try to see things my way. <laughs> okay. Let me try this one more time. How many of you know the nail person? <laughs> okay, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Let's walk through these words. The word wise here means intelligent. You want to be intelligent? Here it is. Here it's like that. Let the wise listen, hear with attention. Hear with a desire to act on what you're hearing and to add to their learning, increase their learning. And, and the word learning here is a great word. It means to know or guidance. It's the, it's the concept of a person guiding a ship. What God's saying here is, is that wise people, intelligent people, people who know how to do life well are people who are open and, and, and are open and teachable Chapter 19, verse 20 of Proverbs, it says, Listen to advice and accept instruction. In the end, you will be wise. The Hebrew word instruction there means correction or direction. 
Well, what's God simply saying in those two verses? He's saying you need to be open. You really do have a lot to learn. Can I bust your bubble this morning? You don't know everything. I want you to repeat that mantra after me, but say I, okay? I don't know everything. Some of you said Chris doesn't know everything. You repeated it after me, right? See, that's part of the problem. When you go into a conversation and you're going to preach and teach and direct, and I know there's times that you have to, you have to take the lead, but a lot of your communication is failing because you don't want to hear what the other person has to say. Teachable means capable of being taught, a willingness to learn. Man, with all my heart, I hope you get this. If you're not willing to listen with an open heart to what your husband or what your wife is going to say, to what your friends are trying to communicate with you, what your kids may be trying to tell you, what your parents may be trying to tell you, if you're not willing to listen with an open heart, communication with you is null and void. You've got to have an open and teachable spirit. Here's number four. Actively listen and, and really listen to other people. I'll explain b- both of those in a minute, but you've got to actively listen. You've got to really listen when people are talking to you. In Proverbs 1, verse 5, again, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Again, that word listen means to hear with attention. In Luke chapter 8, verse 18, listen to what Jesus says. And he says this phrase a lot. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen, how you hear. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Constantly, Jesus is saying throughout the scriptures, listen, be careful with how you listen. In James 1, 19, he says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Quick means to be swift to do something. Listening here is to hear with the ear of your mind. It's to hear to understand. See, there's a difference in, in, in just hearing versus really listening to people to hear what they have to say. One, one key to listening is zipping your pie hole. You know, it's interesting. The word listen and the word silent have the exact same letters in them. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> You're going to hear what that person has to say. You have to have an open spirit. I value you. I'm going to listen to you, which means I have to keep my mouth quiet. And here's what, listen, here's what a lot of us do, especially in a tense conversation. We keep our mouths quiet as we're figuring out what we're going to say next, right? I mean, we're sitting like this, and just as soon as they, then we, we take off back at them. Stephen Covey was a great writer. And he, one statement he made, made a lot of great statements, but he said this, when you're, when you're in a conversation with people, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Seek first to understand them before you're trying to get your point across. Don't interrupt. Don't change the subject. 
What does listening actively mean? I read this week from a communication expert. He said that that 7% of communication is verbal and 93% is nonverbal. I don't know if it's that high. But what he's basically saying is, is it's not only what's coming out of your mouth, but it's how your body language is. If someone's trying to talk, you're trying to talk to someone and they are playing on their cell phone and looking at you like every three minutes, how does that make you feel? Not valued and not listened to. If you're talking to someone and they're staring off in space, how does that make you feel? If you're preaching to someone and their head's back and they're snoring, how does that make me feel? Men, we're bad about this when the ball game's on. We're zoned in, we're watching the game, and and your wife is telling you about her day. And you really are interested, but you're torn, correct? You know, at some point, you you either have to to work out a prenup where you say, we talk during commercials, or you have to say, I value my wife more than the ball game, and that I will focus on her most of the time during the game, right? Actively listen to people. Matthew 7, 12 says, do unto others as you would have them do to you. You want people to value you. You want people to listen to you. You want people to be open to you. Do the same thing to them. Here's the next thing. Communicate to be understood. When you talk, when you share your thoughts... Are you doing it in a way that the person who is listening can get what you're trying to tell them? In James 1.19, again, he says, quick to listen and slow to speak. We looked at this a few weeks ago. Slow to speak does not mean like you have a southern drawl, you're just slow to speak. It, it means that you're, you listen first, two ears, one mouth, you listen first, and that you are, you are the opposite of swift, you are slow, and to speak means to articulate your thoughts. This is very important. When you communicate, it's not what you are trying to communicate that ultimately matters. It's what they receive that matters. You following me? Well, I told them I loved them and I cared about them. But you were playing on the phone, and you had a scowl on your face, and you showed them no attention at all. Communication, if it matters to you, is not about what, well, I, I think I said everything right. It's making sure they understood what you're trying to say to them. One of the things you ought to do when you're talking to people is you ought to take time to ask them, am I making sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Communicate to be understood. And let me give you a last thing here. And this is especially when you're having that tense conversation, that tough conversation. Seek a win-win. Seek a, a double win. Again, I want, 1 Peter 4, 8, one more time. It says, above all else, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So if I love you, I really love you like I'm supposed to and like you're supposed to love me. When we're we're entering a tough conversation, the goal, my goal is not to splatter you 
are to get the clear win, my goal is that we both win. Let me ask you, what's more important, the situation or the relationship? What, what are you trying to do? Do you want to dissolve a relationship or solve a problem? Now, I understand there's times when you have to dissolve something when it's gone bad or, or, or wrong. I understand as a boss or a parent, sometimes you have, you have to go into a conversation where you've got to win. You've got to lay it out. And you've got to say, this is how it is. But a lot of times in life, listen, you, 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 you married people or you're dating or with your friends, you're going into, you're going into conversations like a second grader that you've got to win. And quit being so childishly competitive. You do not have to beat your grandkid in checkers. You don't have to beat your grandmama arm wrestling. You pr- if you can't, you got punk problems, but you, you don't have to beat her. Unless your grandmama's buff or something. That's great in sports. It's not important in your human relationships. Listen to me. Are you... Husbands and wives, when you sit down and you're in a serious conversation, how different would it be if you entered it saying, you know what, my goal is we leave and you're happy and I'm happy. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be good... If parents approach their young people as much as possible with, let's get a win-win out of this deal. How, how do you feel when someone comes to see you and their, their idea of a winning conversation is that you are crucified next to Jesus on the, the proverbial cross? If you really want to do life well with other people, seek a win-win in your communications. I want to give you one last thought, and that's this. Talk to each other. This was on a billboard in a major city on a major highway. It said, hi, Stephen. Do I have your attention now? Obviously, this couple had not communicated well. I know all about her, you dirty, sneaky, immoral, unfaithful slime ball is on a billboard. Everything's caught on tape. You're, in parentheses, soon-to-be ex-wife and her name. P.S. I paid for this billboard from our joint bank account. <laughs> okay, a lot of life lessons there. Number one, <laughs> that's not how you communicate. And by the way, Facebook and Twitter is not the best way to put your junk out there either. Can I get amen? Amen. That couple there has probably got a thousand problems, but I can guarantee you they didn't talk to each other well. If you're married, here's some homework assignments. If if you're single, young people, everybody, but here's some homework assignments. One, go home and ask some people in your house this, and then I want you to ask some other people too. Ask at least three people, am I a teachable person? Put something in your mouth and bite down to it because you may not like what you're fixing to hear. Am I a teachable person? This is your homework. 
you're married or you're dating, here's some homework. Go home this afternoon or this week, and you sit down with your spouse or that person you're going to marry, and here's what you ask them. Tell me when you became a Christian. And tell me about it. Because if you're going to marry somebody, you, you need to be pretty sure that person belongs to Jesus. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. What in the world? You're going to sleep with that person every night and you don't want to talk to them about their relationship with God? Come on. I heard when I was a kid growing up, don't talk about politics and religion. I almost agree on the politics things now. But good grief, you need to talk to people about Jesus. You're going to marry them. Homework, ask them when they became a Christian and how they became a Christian. You may have a chance to help them come to Christ today or this week. Here's, here's another thing. And again, this, this will work with parents and, and, uh, and young people. Ask your, your, your friends or your parents, your husband or wife, ask them, what am I doing well in our relationship? What am I doing well? And then ask them this, what can I do better? Don't dare ask them what I'm doing wrong. Because then you'll end up in, a, in one of those win-lose conversations. Ask them. Listen, if you care, ask them, what am I doing right in our relationship? What could I be doing better? If you're about to marry somebody, if they've been married before, you need to ask them about that. Well, that's not really my business. You are fixing to marry them. You need to know about their life before you. I really didn't want to hear from Cindy on the way down the, the aisle. Well, I spent, you know, about 35 years in Angola before we met. Tell me ahead of time. We could have worked through it, but I'd like to know it up front. Talk to people. Ask these questions. Ask them what their dreams are. Parents, do you know what the dreams and goals of your, your, your kids are? If you want to do well with other people, you've got to start communicating. And I pray you'll jump off that bridge today and start doing it. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I, I hope God has spoken to your heart about some of these things that are makers and breakers in your life. And I hope you'll do what you need to do to get right with him. If you're not a Christian, you're unsure if you're a Christian and you're ready to give your life to Christ, would you pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. Jesus, I accept your God's Son and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And today, I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a moment. And I'm going to invite you to respond to what God said to you. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart. Or maybe you're ready to do that. When we stand, and would you come talk to one of our ministers? Seal that deal with you and God this morning. 
Maybe you're here today and you'd like to join our church family. One way you can do that when we stand is you can ease down the aisle. One of our ministers will be here to help you. We'd love for you to join today if God's leading you to. Maybe today as a Christian, God's spoken to your heart about some things that you need to do radically different. Where you're standing or at the altar, let's get it right with God. Let's stand. As God leads you, we'll be waiting on you.